0: Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. It connects to your Swim Nerd mobile app, allowing you to program any set your heart desires. Except for 100 100s while listening to Nickelback. You can't program that. That, that is not allowed. If you haven't seen the Swim Nerd Pace Clock yet, go to SwimPractice.com to check it out.
1: All right, Katie McLaugh- McLaughlin. See, I, t- I knew I'd screw that up. <laughs> Katie McLaughlin, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
0: Thank you. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped.
1: Yeah, this is cool. So just uh, where are you coming from? I like to ask my guests.
0: Yeah, I'm in Berkeley, California, um, where I've been for the past couple years, I guess. So yeah, I'm up here in Berkeley and NorCal fires are going on right now. So it's pretty crazy right now. But Yeah. yeah
1: we're seeing a lot of stuff on, on the news obviously and I, i've had friends from australia who, who know that i've moved to la and california and, and they're asking me about the fires and stuff but you guys are really kind of affected up there what's happening with it
0: yeah it's been pretty bad up here actually for like a couple of weeks now um you know like just the air quality has really not been great since like maybe mid to the end of august um so we've been out of the pool randomly, kind of dealing with that. But you know, I would rather like play it safe and everything. And there's so many other things going on in the world that like us getting out of the pool every couple weeks, like we can handle that. So yeah, it's been pretty crazy. The like sky the other day was like orange for like mm. all day long. It was like literally like we were on another planet. But yeah, mm. it's pretty crazy right now. Kind of sad, but
1: it's strange isn't it how you you finally get back into the pool with with all the COVID restrictions and stuff and then something like this pops up and happens it's uh it must be it must mess with your head a little bit right
0: yeah it's actually pretty funny we got into our pool in Berkeley about like two weeks ago and like we've been kicked out of the pool like maybe four or five times uh just within that two weeks being in Berkeley so it's definitely like we're starting to get more and more of a routine but and that's what I really miss like having a routine and like very consistent training and everything and you know we got our pool back but then the fires started to pick up and so we're I think because the past couple months we've all like learned to be able to adapt so like the fires kind of hit us every year and yeah it's just just is what it is so hopefully we get in a good routine soon and the fires start to calm down not just for our training but in general they should calm down
1: so you said two weeks so what 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 have you been doing in the months before kind of just getting back into berkeley pool
0: yeah so we were kind of bouncing around the bay area a bit we were out in san rafael at nathan's swim school for a little while and then we were mainly in like walnut creek um at renting lanes there uh so it's not too far it's only like 25 to 30 minutes away but yeah, it was, we made we made it work.
1: Now you're swimming at Berkeley. You, you've obviously uh, graduated now. What what did you get your degree in?
0: Uh, yeah, I got my degree in American Studies, which is like our like create your own major kind of thing. Um, so I did the history of consumerism, and I got to write like a thesis at the end of my undergrad degree, which is pretty rare. That's mostly like a graduate thing. Uh, so. Yeah, it was, I loved it. I like kind of miss school of key because it was a little bit fun. But yeah.
1: Have you thought about going to graduate school?
0: Yeah, I have. I don't know what I want to do yet. So I definitely think I want to go back to school. I just don't know what I want to do, if that makes sense. Because I don't know, school's fun for me. Some of my friends like kind of make fun of me for
1: it, but <laughs> I like it. Nice. Well, listen, let's kind of dig into who you are and, and how you got to where you are today. Um, I was reading a little bit about you and I noticed that your, your mother was a swimmer. She swam at USC, correct? Yep, she did. And then, and then dad played um, college football at Indiana State. So what was it like growing up with athletic parents?
0: Yeah, for sure. My parents like always encouraged. I have a younger brother also who ended up playing water polo, um, not swimming. But yeah, my parents always like encouraged us to be like active and they would fill every little hour with like some activity for us. Like whether I played soccer until high school, volleyball, like into a little bit of high school, I did track, everything. So they were always encouraging us to just like go be active and play and like all that. So, you know, I'm really grateful that they were athletes to know like how important it is to be active and like that side of. Me as like an athlete and a competitor is like runs in my family. So it was cool that they understood a lot of times when maybe I would get home from practice and be a little bit grumpy because I just did doubles and was at school all day. Not that it was okay that I was like a little grumpy towards them, but they would understand like why I was not necessarily like being really chatty and things like that. Or like when I get really nervous for like meets and stuff, they kind of understand because they, were athletes as well. So yeah, I'm really grateful. My parents never like put pressure on me either to like swim, even though my mom swam. If anything, she was like, soccer is really cool. Like go <laughs> ahead and go play that. But yeah, so they just like really let me figure out what I loved and there was no pressure anywhere. And yeah, I'm really grateful for them.
1: I was the same with my daughter. Uh, my, my, my uh, ex-wife played college soccer. And, and so that, you know, we, we grew, they grew up playing soccer and, and yeah. swimming. And, and I was always like, go do the soccer thing. That, that sounds better. you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how my mom, my mom didn't play soccer, but I love soccer. And she was like, that's really great. Like, keep it up over there.
1: <laughs> so what was the, what was the, the final thing for you in terms of making that decision, how did it come to to you wanting to be a swimmer?
0: Yeah. I like always knew I wanted to be a swimmer and it was really like my parents who wouldn't let me specialize per se when I was young. Like I grew up doing like summer league swimming and I loved it. And every year after summer league, I'd be like, okay guys, like year round this year, like I can't wait. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. Like you have more time to like do other things swimming will be there so I don't know I guess with swimming I just like loved being in the water and like you know I grew up in Southern California and the sun's out 99% of the days so getting to just like enjoy the sun and like the pool and the water was always fun and I loved all the friends I made through swimming so when it came to high school and I kind of like had to decide like that was really something that also played into it was like I love the social aspect that I got from swimming. Like I got to go to practice every day after school and like every day, like soccer is only a couple times a week, but like Mm -hmm. I got to go every day and hang out with my friends. Like that was kind of fun. Like can't do homework yet. Mom, gotta go to practice. Like see ya. So yeah, I don't know. It was just that and like getting to like race and like set goals for myself and challenge myself. And I don't know. I just, I just, love swimming in the water. And yeah.
1: When did it become evident that you were really good at it? I mean, you, you were um, one of the best high school swimmers in the country. So between the age of nine and kind of going to college, when did it, when was the turning point for you where you were really, really good at this?
0: Yeah, I think like at 2013 um, world trials, I actually got third in the two fly. Which, in that moment, I was so relieved that I didn't have to go, like, to a big <laughs> person meet and, like, be with... How old were you? Tumors. 2013, so I was maybe, like, 15. Okay. Almost 16, I think, about. Mm. And I was just like, that is a lot. Like, they're very fast and, like, scary. I would be terrified the whole time. So, like, mm. I did the best that I could do right there I got third like woo. so I think like from then I was like wow okay like this is actually turning out pretty well for me and before then I got to go to some like junior team camps and that was really special and I think like making trials and juniors like before other people maybe my age did I kind of like started to be like okay we can really get somewhere here um so yeah I think that meet 2013 world trials like in my head was the turning point but I think like looking back leading up I always like wanted bigger goals than some of like my peers maybe did
1: yeah so you you have this meet and and you finish third so that's when you kind of you're probably on college recruiters radar before that but at that point like you're you're it like everybody's after you what was it like that turnaround after that in terms of people coming reaching out to you and and making that um making their programs known to you in terms of their interest
0: yeah honestly i had no perception of what was going on in recruiting until like my junior year probably when like i started to know people that were like older than me that were going to like, like meeting people through the junior team that were like committing to schools. That was kind of my first exposure to like college recruiting was like seeing people older than me doing it. So it wasn't even necessarily my first experience as like myself, like talking to Mm. colleges or seeing coaches or anything like that. So yeah, I guess like my junior year, I started to kind of think about like where I wanted to be and like what was important to me in programs like everyone else. I don't think I had a different way of going about it. So I kind of just like, my parents helped me and I narrowed it down to like my top 20 schools my junior year and just kind of kept my options open and like talked to a lot of different people that I trusted, like some of my coaches and friends and people that were older than me that had gone through the process, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I narrowed it down to like I was pretty sure I wanted to stay like here in California just because like I am like I love California and I love the beach and my family and you know the culture of California is really awesome so that's something that was really important to me I figured out and you know I like there was something about Cal when I came and visited that like I just like loved it it was such a unique place where like School was so important as well as swimming, and that was a big thing for me. But you can get that at a lot of schools. Sorry, I'm kind of just like rambling here. I don't know, I guess. Like,
1: well, did you back, take other trips outside of California?
0: Uh, no, I didn't. I took well, I went on like a mini junior day to like Texas okay. during like the Austin
1: hmm. Grand
0: Prix, um, but I kind of like narrowed it down to like, the California schools, like, Mm. of USC, Stanford, and Cal, and I took junior days to all three of those, and then, like, when I was planning my recruit trips, I was kind of, like, already pretty leaning heavily towards coming to Cal, Um, and so I actually ended up only taking one recruit trip, Mm. because, I don't know, I just kind of, like, knew this is where I wanted to be, and um yeah so it wasn't too daunting I guess I kind of just never let it get out of hand where I was trying to have like or where coaches were like trying to talk to me and I didn't really I knew I didn't want to go there I was like pretty upfront with all the coaches like if I didn't want to go to a school I think I would just kind of like let them know instead of stringing them along which helped me manage it instead of having like a ton of coaches to talk to it was really just like I made it important to me to like spend my time with the ones I really wanted to get to know. If that makes mm.
1: sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, were you coached by coach Rose at, mm-hmm. at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, was. was there any questions of philosophy differences or challenges in terms of, you know, going from his program to, to say Terry's program at that point in time?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think like, that was something that kind of like drew me to Cal, I think as well. Um, You know, at Mission Viejo, we were really not even, I wouldn't even say yardage based, but like we did a lot of yardage. Yeah, it was yardage
1: based for sure. Yeah,
0: (laughs) a lot more swimming um, and Terry's program is not so much that we're, and at that point I kind of wanted something different. Like I wanted to change, you know, like I knew in high school that, I was in the best shape of, or in my head, that's kind of what got me there is when I stepped up on the blocks, I knew I was in at least just as good of shape as everyone else or better because Mm -hmm. that was my training. It was to be in the best shape I possibly could. And that gave me so much in high school and still does now. Like that's that base that I had with coach Rose. Like I, it gives me confidence still to know that like, I sometimes do like to go train in the distance lane over mm. there and just like grind away a little bit. Like mm. that's something that I won't lose. So, but at that time I kind of knew that like, okay, I'm kind of in the best shape I can be right now. Like that only, that can only get me so far if that makes sense. So I want to find like a program that can challenge me in different ways. Like I know I can hold this time butterfly forever forever. But, like, my walls really weren't amazing. My starts, my turns, my, like, details. Really, what I had going for me, I was in really good shape. And, like, I had good technique. But I wanted, like, to clean up the little things. Like, if you watch some of my races from high school, I do, like, two kicks off my wall in, like, a hundred fly short course. Like, that's not what's going to get me to the next level. So I wanted a program that would, like, challenge me to find new ways to get better. And I think that's still like something that's really great about Terry's program is this is my sixth year in her program and I'm still finding new ways to like get better, um, and move through the water better. So
1: that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to dig into that
0: decision, but definitely something that I was like looking
1: for, I think at that time. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm also interested in, in this perspective too. You know, I I came from Australia, so I wasn't part of this system, you know, this new age system that a lot of you younger athletes are in these days where they have this ranking system, you know, so you were, you were ranked at the time. I think from what I could tell, you were ranked like seventh in the country they ranked you. I don't know, something like that. Um, but what did you think of that at the time? How did that affect you? Was it positive or negative? Um, and how did you look at the ranking system at that point?
0: Yeah, I don't know how much like weight I gave that really um, because I feel like there are so many different ways to rank a class. Like, And honestly, I didn't really know how they, like, did it, and I feel like, too, there are some of my, like, Cal teammates, and this is, like, very funny, like, girly of me to say, but, like, there are so many of my Cal teammates that wouldn't have been ranked in the top 25, but brought more to the team than maybe someone sure. that did. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. So, I guess in high school, I didn't really give too weight, too much weight, and now, like, I, I don't know. I think it's definitely, like, a good way to find people that are good and whatnot but I don't know I just feel like there's so much more than just like a little okay you're number seven because you have these friends <laughs> and these events and there you go
1: yeah sure well what would you boy would be your advice to kids who are being ranked right now what would you say to them
0: yeah I think just like I mean take it for what it is and use it in your benefit I think if you're trying to be recruited um but also like Don't let that, like, define who you are and who you would be as a teammate because there's so much up to a teammate than just, like, your times. Um, And I think that's really important and something that's, like, really important for college or that that college coaches look for. Like, I feel like being a good fit to a team – is more important. Like if we're looking at the number five and number eight and the number eight is a better fit to our team, we would rather have the number eight recruit than the number five. So there's so much more than just the rankings and everything. So, yeah.
1: Well, you come from a program obviously that's known for, for if people get through it, they're hard workers, right? You know, that's, that's coach Rose's program. If you can get through that and you can come out on top of that, you're a hard worker, you know, the value of hard work, you know what it means. Um, Terry's known for building teams for sure. You know, so what are some of the things you've learned from Terry in terms of being a great teammate and how have you incorporated that, you know, into who you are over the last four or five years?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think like, For me, getting to be, like, a part of Terry's teams for, like, those four years that I was in school, like, Mm -hmm. I would literally trade nothing for that. It was the best thing, and, like, I feel like I grew so much as a person because of that. Um, I think some of the things I've learned is, like, to, like, be comfortable enough with being, like, vulnerable with people because... I mean, I feel like coming into the program, I would be really guarded and not want to let people like see me sweat, kind of and mm. not really talk about my feelings or if something makes me feel bad to like just deal with it. So Mm. I think like in being a good teammate, I learned that like, it's important that each person's voice is like heard. Mm -hmm. And what's important to them is like shared, if that makes sense, or like certain people's boundaries, things like that. Like, um I think another thing too from Terry being a good teammate is also like being able to listen to other people and not just okay I've done this this way my whole life so this is how it is but like maybe being open to listening to your teammates or friends or coaches and yeah I think like communication is really important um yeah I think just that's kind of it like being vulnerable and communicating and you know not everything is about me, and that's how it should be, kind of. That's my mentality that I've learned here.
1: How does Terry get the best out of you? How, how does she push you beyond what you think you're capable of doing? Uh, I'm, I'm interested in that, you know, in terms of, like, some of the best coaches. I, I want to get into, like, how do they do it, you know? How do they get the best out of somebody that's already really good? How do they take you to the next level?
0: Yeah, I think in the pool there are, like, a ton of ways that Terry is really creative in our training, Um, I think just like for me having more awareness of my body and how I move through the water. Terry's Mm. really good at sensing like what little things that I need to pay attention to, to help my relationship with the water grow.
1: Give me an example of that. What would would that be?
0: Um, I think something would be like just, I guess, Hmm. what's a good example of, um, okay. I guess like for my kick, when I'm, like, kicking fly, mm-hmm. I do a really good job pounding the water down, or even free, really good job pounding the water down, Yep. and, like, for me, she'll kind of tell me to, like, slow it down, slow my kick down, and, like, really feel the water, feel, mm. like, the weight, the water pressure on the other side of your feet, and, like, mm. pay attention to that, and I think, like, it's not so much, like, the little details as it is, like, her cueing me to, like, raise my awareness of the water, sure. so, like, okay, do you feel like the water is helping you when you're reaching forward or do you feel like you're forcing your arm through the water? That Mm. kind of thing. Um, she also does a really good job of like coaching me to like race instead of to train, which is a whole, I think a really big part of Terry's training is like, we're training to be the best racers we can be. Mm. I'm not training to do 10, 200s fly best average. You know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to train really hard so that I can go this time in the mm. 100 fly, not that I can do 10 of them. Mm. Or we're going to hit race pace in practice, and maybe it's only 10 yards, but getting to feel that will, like, be better than me g- going a slower time for longer, if Sure.
1: That yeah, perfect. Um,
0: yeah. So in the water, she just is really creative and thinks outside the box for sure. And I think outside of the water, just as a coach, she for me has helped me become the best athlete that I can be right now by like allowing me to have like a little bit of ownership and like think through what I'm doing as well, if that makes sense. So like, she's not going to stand on top of my lane and say, okay, you have you get 10 strokes and you're going this time it's like she's gonna let me kind of have a hand in how I'm gonna be the best athlete as well if that makes sense like she's not gonna micromanage every little thing I'm doing I think by like her helping me in my journey to be the best I can she's like giving me pointers and cues and like also letting me figure things out because you know, we go travel places and if she's not there, I would be lost if she were micromanaging every little thing. So I think like as a coach, she does a good job of like letting me find my motivation and find things that I want to be good at instead of her telling me to be good at them, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's nice to hear that you say that you're continuing to grow even, even six years into the program. That you're still learning, you're still growing. I love to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like honestly why I like am still swimming. Why I still love it because there are things that I'm like still learning about my swimming, or learning about the water, learning about racing, all that kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah I don't think I've perfected it at all.
1: So I I do swim camps, as you know, um, through through Fitter and Faster and. uh, you know, sometimes we'll do a clinic and at the end they'll, they'll give a review and, and, and a parent will get on there and say, my kid learned nothing at this clinic. And I, and I think I'm thinking to myself, like, really? Like, you had an experience with an Olympian or you had yeah. an experience with an NCAA athlete and you learned nothing, then that's on you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. sorry. That's completely on you if you learn nothing.
0: Yeah, it is. I've been like coaching um, some high school kids the past couple months. And, like, I feel like that is something that has helped my swimming the past couple months Mm. more than anything. Like, just getting to go and, like, coach these kids and, like, feel how excited they are to, like, do things or, like, hang out with each other or, like, they'll ask me certain things about their stroke and then it'll Mm. make me think, well, yeah, that's what you should do, but do I do that? So Mm. I feel like even from, like, the, like, high school kids that I coach, I've been able to learn so much from them and... Yeah,
1: so that's impossible that they didn't learn from your camp. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, listen, uh, the, you had an experience freshman year that's impossible to to go past. And and I know that I've talked to a couple of um, your ex-teammates. I talked to Amy Billquist, and I talked to one of your ex-assistant coaches in Sarah Dunleavy. And, and they both told me that, um, you know, you don't enjoy talking about it. So I know that it's not something that, you know, maybe that you, you've really explored um, openly before, but I, I kind of want to dig into it a little bit because I know that, um, you know, you, you had an experience where you had an, you had an accident and, and you broke your neck. I don't know all about it, but I kind of want to get your view on kind of what happened. It was freshman year, I know that, and you were one of the you know, you had a lot of pressure on you in terms of who you were and how you were going to perform. And then, then this accident happens and it changes your trajectory a little bit. And so, so talk to us about the accident and exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, sure. So yeah, this happened my freshman year, January, 2016. Um, I was like, I ran into the ocean and dove in headfirst, hit the sand, pretty scary. Immediately. I was like, something's not good. But like I'm just gonna try and brush this off we were at like a little practice Um, something's not
1: good where like what what did what did you feel? oh my like
0: neck didn't feel good and I was just like really stiff but I could like walk and move like I was okay so I was like I just need a sec like to walk this off and we're like we go back to our little like team huddle and like I'm like crying a little but trying to make it like not make a scene because I'm a freshman you know I'm Mm. just trying to blend in with the crowd sure And like, Terry looks over and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, like I just hit my head in the sand and I just like need a sec. And she's like, are you like, okay? And I'm like, yeah, just give me like five minutes. So the group does a drill. I go do a drill in the ocean. I walk in, go take a breath. And I'm like, nope, I, this isn't good. My neck like was just so stiff. And I feel like my upper body was just like on guard if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm So I like come out, I go like, yeah, we go to um, like the University of Hawaii Health Center and they were like, oh, she seems like, okay. She's like walking, talking. And like, I was pretty much like, okay, like I could do everything. I just couldn't really move my neck, but that's fine. But um, yeah, so I got an x-ray and they, it showed that there was like a little like fracture on my C6, but they're like, but it might like not be. And we were like, no, okay. Hmm. So then I got a CT scan and they were like, yep, C6 fracture. I got my nice, beautiful neck brace at that appointment. That was really fun. Um, had some good memories with our like trainer and we spent a lot of time together. Um, but yeah, from there, it was pretty scary. I mean it, how, I really how how
1: far off was it from being like a, a- A real serious injury yeah
0: um honestly i don't know i had like a compression fracture which is like it didn't like it wasn't a compound fracture which is like a full vertebrae break i think it was like i mean it must have been like the side of my vertebrae that wasn't near my spinal cord which Mm. is literally so lucky i don't know how close honestly i never really asked how close it Mm. was um to being bad but I knew that like yeah so I had my brace for six weeks and if I got out of that or like anything kind of happened I would have to get like a fusion um of my vertebrae which is like a surgery where they Mm -hmm. kind of just like make sure everything's secure in there so Uh I had to be like really careful um and I don't I don't know how close it was to like me being paralyzed or everything um but I did All I knew was that it was like very, very serious to not break the rules or like let myself out of my brace at all. Um, But
1: So you could do no exercise during that time?
0: Yeah, I could like walk around and stuff and I did some like light biking, um, but I couldn't do anything with my upper body. So even like holding a stationary bike, I couldn't do. I got in the pool a couple times and like kicked with my hands by my side. Even like the snorkel was weird to wear because it would like put my neck in a weird position. So I would like kick on my back kind of with my hands on my side. And like, I did that like a handful of times. Um, that was through like, I got my brace off like right after our Stanford dual meet, So like about six weeks later, a couple weeks before Pac-12s and um, yeah, so I honestly, I didn't really do much during that time. And the hardest part was low key school, because if I'm in my grace, I couldn't like look down to like read or like at my computer. So that was like kind of hard to stay on top of because I kind of like school and that would have given me something else to do or worry about. And it was just like uncomfortable, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so and I, then I swam at Pack 12s I raced. Wow. Yeah, not honestly, not too bad. I think I was like 146 or 147 in the two free.
1: So at that point, they gave you they gave you clearance. They're like, yeah, she's fully healed. She's ready to go again.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I got like another CT scan, and they were like, yeah, her neck is good to go. It's like because you know when you heal the bone, sometimes like comes back a little stronger. So it was like definitely intact. I had. I was not very, like, I couldn't move too much, didn't have much range of motion. My, like, nervous system was still pretty on guard for, like, honestly, a long while, just because, like, you have trauma to your spine, and Mm. it's not going to be that chill. But, yeah, so I I spent my Pac-12s, and I didn't do bad, but I didn't make NCs because we did all these, like, long course meets, and I didn't really have a great winter season. So I was like, okay, Pac-12s, like, And looking back now, like, who did I think I was? Like, I was like, I can definitely make NCs right now. Like, I've been swimming for, like, a week and a half, two weeks. Great. No, I couldn't. And I didn't, which is fine. Um, But, yeah, so then after that, I ended up deciding to go home for the rest of, like, the semester through trials because, honestly, everything was just, like, a little bit harder than it needed to be. And I couldn't focus on, like, doing my PT and, like, all that like, living in a dorm, you know, like, doing my own laundry. It was just, like, I needed to go home and have my parents, like, make my, like, meals yeah. and, like, do my laundry and help me out so I could go spend, like, an hour, hour and a half at PT, like, multiple times a week. Um, so, yeah, that was a hard decision because, you know, freshman year, you know, I don't want to, like, abandon my team and, like, I didn't want them to think they did anything wrong. Um, so, that was, like, Pretty tough, and you know. is that is
1: that part of the? Was there guilt associated with this? Is that why when I when I speak to two different people, they tell me that you didn't you don't like talking about this? Like, why don't you like talking about this?
0: Uh, honestly, just because I don't really like getting attention from it. You know, I feel like everyone has their ups and downs in their life or in swimming, and I get a lot of like you have had it a hard had a hard career. And Mm. yeah, it has not been that easy. But I feel like everyone has different struggles in the sport, whatever that is. And yeah, it just, I feel like I don't need to get like props from it, if that makes Mm. sense. Sure, sure. Like it was a very hard time. And I made it through it. But I also feel like I get a lot of credit for doing everything on my own when I feel like so many other people worked just as hard as me for me, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't want to like bring any, like, yeah, I don't want to make myself. All
1: right. Yeah. That makes more sense. I couldn't figure it out. I was trying to figure out like, why wouldn't she like talking about don't,
0: I don't mind at all talking about like my injury. I just don't like need I don't know. You
1: know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. No, I look, listen, I, I grew up in Sydney, Australia and, and, and we did beach swims all the time. So there's a, there's a hundred times where I dive into shallow water and yeah. and, a, and a couple of those hundred times I hit my head and I was like, Oh, that doesn't feel good. But, but nothing happened. You know, like I was, I yeah. it just, it just, I hit shallow, I hit the sand, you know? And, and so I got lucky. And then I've got a couple of people that I've had on my podcast you know, over the past 70 or so podcasts, Amy Van Dyken, she ended up breaking her her, um, spine. And now she's in a wheelchair. And one of my best friends, Dave Dennison's in a wheelchair. So, you know, you can go from not having any effect to, you know, ending up in a wheelchair, and then somebody like you who breaks their uh, neck in in a sense, and then recovers from it. So there's there's kind of everything in between. So I think, I think the, the real message is, how did you get through it like how what were the what were the ups and downs of it like what were the things that you had to do on your own in order to get through this
0: yeah for sure um I think honestly the part that was the hardest of like overcoming was like my sophomore year or like 2017 like that was a tough like that was like the meaty part of it like trials not making the team obviously was heartbreaking but I feel like at that time You know, I did everything I could, and these are the cards that I had been dealt, and somehow that was, like, pretty easy to move through, like, um, um, and it was, like, 2017 when I feel like I was, like, I can now resume normal activity. Why am I not performing how I want to? Like, I didn't make the World's Team in 2017, and that was when I was, like, literally what is happening here. That was when it was hard because I feel like my body in a sense still was recovering, you know, when you have like a trauma to your spine, it's going to take like a little while for your nervous system to like let go. And like, I feel like there were random little things that like I had to work through, whether it was like shoulder issues or like my neck one week would just decide to like have spasms or like random little things that just like kind of came up and um, kind of getting back onto the like mentality that I had and have now of like, let's just find every day a little way to get better. Um, And in that year, I feel like I was looking at like, all right, I got to get back to like my best. Like I was here and now I want to be here. Let's like make this jump instead of like looking at the little thing. So mm-hmm. in order to like kind of overcome it, I feel like I did a much better job of managing little pieces and also like, like the little pieces, like working on my mentality coming into training and working on my mentality around racing or, you know, my nutrition or like sleep and, you know, my mental health and just everything in general that I had kind of just like neglected because you know, in high school or my freshman year before my injury, it just like came a little bit easier. Um, so kind of like almost moving backwards to figure out how to, what I had going when I was swimming well. And like, why was it that when I slept more and napped more that I was performing well, hmm, maybe I should go back to that. Mm. Things like that, like random little things, just kind of getting them in order. And I think too, like, there were a lot of times where like I would lose motivation or like... That's what I was going
1: to ask. Was there any point where you wanted to quit?
0: Uh, I don't think I wanted to quit, but I think there were a lot of times where I was a little bit like complacent. Like I just, because I love my team. And so quitting never kind of crossed my mind. Sure. Because I wanted to be, throughout it, I wanted to be the best teammate and score the most points for my team that I could. So that was always there for me, um, which I'm really grateful for. But there were definitely times where I would feel like frustrated or like kind of just checking the box a little bit more than normal or, you know, like not being a positive teammate, you know, like feeling bad for myself longer than I should instead of like letting a bad practice just go, letting that affect the next practice and the next one, things like that. when I like wanted to be back to where I was, I would just be like, "Great, okay, I guess I'm just not going to be good again." Like, but I did always have the like, "But let me see what I can do at like NCS long course. will be whatever. We'll figure that out." But like, I want to be the best teammate I can and do the best I can for them. Um,
1: did you ever now, feel like you got that poor me attitude? Like, did you did you ever go through a point where it's like, "Why me?" What you know, poor me kind of thing? Like, did you ever get that?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean. I'm not, like, proud that I felt that, but there were definitely times that I felt like that, and I think, like, that's something that is hard in general just to, like, overcome. That, like, still kind of comes back. Like, little things will happen and be, like, great. What did I do? And it's, like, Mm. but I've done a much better job, and I've learned ways to, like, take myself out of that instead of letting it infect me and, like, the people around me, Mm. if that makes sense. Sure. Um, Yeah, I think... The biggest thing, though, that, like, helped me kind of overcome everything was, like, how consistent and how, like, great my, like, teammates and coach and trainers and family and friends were. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, when I would not be motivated to do something, my teammates were always there, like, come on, let's go, we got this. Or when I was, like, feeling bad about a set I just did, they'd be like, no, but if we did that last week, don't you think you would have been a little bit worse or well you did this that was great on this set so don't get too down on yourself you know what I mean like when I wouldn't have been able to drag myself out of those bad times my teammates and friends and coaches and family were always there to be like no you're on the right track everything's like okay
1: when do you think the first time you you gave yourself some credit for like, okay, I, I'm contributing to my team again. Like, I feel good about myself. Like, I'm I'm fulfilling what I came here to do. Was there a moment you felt that?
0: Yeah, I think like, I mean, throughout my sophomore year, like, I feel like there were a lot of times where I did give myself the like, I am contributing, but like, I want to be contributing more. Like, sure. I would give myself credit, but then also be like okay but this also can be better which I'm kind of grateful for that mentality a little bit because if I had just settled with the like okay well I I'm did this for my team like mm. but I didn't do this but I did this so it's okay like I there were a lot more times that I would give myself like both credit if that makes mm, sense like yeah. not letting myself be fully happy with what I was bringing to the team
1: mm.
0: but also not times where i was like i'm bringing nothing like great i just i'm terrible yeah so it was kind of definitely more of a back and forth if that makes sense
1: yeah who was the person who challenged you the most at cal or supported you the most or who who, who was the one where you you know you feel like you identify with that person and they really got you and they got the best out of you was there somebody on the team that like that
0: yeah, there's a ton. I mean, it's like, definitely in different situations, different. I think like my class at Cal, I'm like, super close with and I love them. And like,
1: who was you know, in your class?
0: Uh, Amy and Kathleen Baker and Jenna Campbell.
1: Okay.
0: Um, they were definitely like, because I lived with all three of them at some point in my college career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they definitely knew like the ins and outs of me and would know like, if I were having a bad day or bad practice, the right things to say or the right things to do or like something to get my mind off it. They were always there like supporting me and, um, kind of like when I was having a bad time, they were, they wouldn't be like, Oh, let's leave her in her room. Like they would kind of help me get out of it if that Mm, makes sense. So I think like, it's not like just one person, but I think those three, especially like, because they did, go through the whole freshman year like with me I have a really special like relationship with all of them
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. no I I, um I called you earlier today and I kind of prepped you on on a question that I wanted you to kind of give some detail on Mm -hmm. I'm interested in the idea of competition like why why do people compete why do we keep coming back to compete you know what motivates us to compete like because look at the end of the day swimming is competitive you know and and all of us as swimmers as individuals we want to compete to win there's no doubt about that but we're not going to win every race but you know somebody who's been in it as long as you have and somebody that has now gone through college and now is a professional swimmer you know i wanted you to think about why why do you compete and what do you compete for and what does competition do for you what what does it um, bring out in you? So kind of give me your answer on what you'd come up with in terms of competition for you.
0: Yeah. I think like, for me, it kind of goes back to like my why of swimming is like, I feel like in competing, I'm like forced to find ways to like get the job done, if that makes sense and forced to find ways to like become better and rise to the occasion. You know, there's no, like, there's nothing else. Like, stepping up on the blocks and being like, okay, I have two minutes here where I'm going to give everything I can. And that's just like such a cool feeling that like, just like having a challenge. I love the idea of like a challenge and, you know, challenging myself, but also like being challenged by others. Um, And I think like, you know, I don't know, I guess I just love the like, getting to like find new ways to become the best swimmer or the best athlete and I think like for me something that's I'm also motivated by in competition is like I feel like I'm a product of like my environment at Cal and of Terry's coaching and I want like the best light to be shed on my program and on Terry um so that's something that's really motivating to me um I feel like also like I'm also motivated by, in competition, like, similarly, wanting the best, like, light to be shed on, like, my family and friends, you know, mm. like, they've sacrificed so much supported and supported me in so many ways that I feel like by me competing and doing my best, that's, like, me showing my, like, gratitude, if that makes sense. sure, yeah. Um, so I don't think it's, I think I'm definitely motivated by, like, my surroundings and my people that support me in my life and that's something that's really important. So I think with competition that's like what I find motivation in. Like I want to compete to show the world that like Cal is the best and like all these people are great supporters and it's not just me swimming, it's like everyone in my community that's like helping me be the best I can be if that makes sense
1: yeah I stopped competing in 2006 at the age of 31 not because of injury not because I I was failing in any way I just felt like I had done everything I wanted to do you know I, I got to a point where I'm like I've done everything I want to do so why is it that you're still competing why what are you still searching for in that sense
0: yeah for sure I mean just I still feel like there are things I'm learning about myself and myself as a competitor and myself as a swimmer you know I'm still Mm. learning like new ways to be faster and I feel like that's really exciting to me that like I don't feel like I'm just going to practice year after year after year doing the same exact thing like there's always something new to like challenge me in a new way Um, whether it's in the pool or things outside of the pool like going from being on a college team to being pro, that's a whole new challenge. Okay, how do we handle that? Like, how can I be the best I can be in this new setting? Okay, things aren't working with parts of my body. Okay, how do I figure out with that to be the best I can be, if that makes sense? Mm. Um, yeah.
1: Is there is there something that, I mean, I mean do you still think you could be let's say an Olympian, an Olympic medalist, do you still see that as something that could be in your future?
0: Yeah, that's definitely one of my goals. And I feel like my mindset toward it is kind of like, I'm going to do everything I can to put myself in a place that that is like what I hope to achieve. If that makes sense. Like, I don't, I think there are so many different factors and I'm just going to put myself in the best position to be that kind of swimmer. And, you know, that will take me like improving and I'm okay with that. And like, that's kind of exciting to like have a goal that I need to improve to meet if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. What did you learn from the first season of the ISL swimming for the LA current? Like what, what was, what was some of the cool stuff that you learned from that?
0: Yeah, honestly, I feel like it was cool to, like, you know, be taken out of, like, we got to go to that week in Budapest and be taken Mm -hmm. out of my normal routine and having to figure things out. And that was something that was cool to learn, like, that in a totally new setting, different, without Terry, without my coach, that, like, I learned that I had, like, ownership of what I was doing, and I wasn't just, like, a robot following a plan. It Mm. was, like, I learned to be like an independent athlete Mm, and um, short course meters is also fun. That was something to learn. Still learn. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, well, you're about to go to Budapest for six weeks now, I think so. How does that feel?
0: I'm excited, honestly. It'll be a nice little session. Um, It'll be interesting how it all works out, but I'm pretty excited, you know, to like go settle in and like, I don't know. Who knows what it'll be like? I have literally no idea, but I'm excited. And a lot of my friends will be there, which is also really exciting for me. Um, yeah.
1: One of the things I'm interested in is, um, you know, as a U.S. athlete, you know, you you've made the, the world champ team in, in 15, I think then you missed in 17, then you made it in 19. Uh, and then you're trying to make the Olympic team. So there's kind of this like, made it didn't make it made it didn't make you know like kind of this either you're the best in the world or you're not on the U.S. team you know it's like it's it's really tough to be an uh, to, to be an American swimmer you know you've either got to be consistently number one or you're you're you know you have to wait another year to try and make it again so and you've gone through a little bit of that so how is it that you stay motivated to or how how do you get yourself up to be consistent in terms of getting yourself on the U.S. team?
0: Yeah, for sure. No, that's definitely a good question. It's hard being a U.S. athlete because you know if you're off your game, that next yeah. person is going to be right there. Yeah. Um, I think just kind of controlling my swimming and knowing like I can't control what other people are doing um or how other people race or what other times people go or you know you can't i can only control my own race and my own swimming so i think that in a way works as a pretty good motivator day in and day out you know like i you know in the back of your head if i'm not really working too hard in a set i should be well that person that might touch me out in this race to get on the team might kind of be at their own practice working a little bit harder than me. So, you know, it's always, you're never like comfortably, ah, yes, I will forever be with this event on the U.S. team. Like there's always something pushing you and something to chase after also, you know, like I feel like it's really cool to get to like swim the two free and always be chasing after like Katie Ledecky. Like I know I can always try and go like if I – Stanford and Cal were like racing all the time Mm. and we see them a ton. And so it's cool to like, not only be like, have that part of the U S that's like always trying coming up and more and more, it's so crowded, but also for me to like get to look up to like people that are way better than me and like chase them also. So there's kind of a two sided thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Most people I talk to say that they think you're an incredible 200 butterfly, but I understand you've got this love hate relationship with the two fly. What is it about the two fly that it's either, it's either, you know, well, well, tell me your perspective. Yeah. On it.
0: yeah, for sure. That was like my event in high school. Like yeah. I could just whip that out at any meet, hmm. any time of the year, any day I could go like no slower than a 210. just in practice. I could push like a, 211, two twelve mm. don't know how, so I feel like because that was my focus for so long, I like started to define my whole swimming career based on how that two fly went mm. um, and you know at all of these meets it like a lot of times it's like it's either first or last it's like either uh-huh. at like nationals or world trials it's first at NCs it's last, so at NCs we. The two fly and I got along a little bit better, but (laughs) it's always been that long course two fly that like, I feel like just really weighs on me. And for the longest time, that's how I would define whether I was like a successful swimmer or not, was if I was going, uh, having a good two fly or not, because, and I don't know why, that's why I defined everything. I could go best times and everything, but if my two fly Mm. was bad, I'd be like, great, okay I failed so but, <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah I think like that's kind of my relationship with the two fly and now I kind of just don't want I mean who would want that who would want that kind of relationship with an event so <laughs> I just kind of push that guy to the side and I'm like no I have all these other events that I'm like I can focus on I'll do that two fly if I need to I don't, I'm not excited by it because there is that like pressure of like, if I'm not doing well, then I'm probably in my head. Then I'm like, great. I'm just bad. So two
1: fly is part of your identity. It's kind of like you you identify with that race.
0: Yeah. And it was just like years of like going to meets and it would be like two fly day and people would be like, Oh, your event today. Mm. And it's like, okay, well I saw other things too. (laughs) You know, like it was just kind of, it would all like pile up a little. That was like, Katie two fly. And now we can sit at peace together. The two fly and I, <laughs> I think, um, but yeah, I think that's the reason too. I kind of just like train, uh, like in my head, my mentality is like train to be the best like swimmer and racer I can be. I'm not training to be the best hundred flyer I can be, or the best two freer I can be. And I, I don't want to define one event as like who I am, if that makes sense. And oh, I feel sure. like events change all the time. me and others so it's like i don't need to pick one that i need to hone in on and like yeah
1: is there an event you feel like you have the best chance of making the u.s olympic team on
0: uh i don't know i think i mean i would love to make it in like the hundred fly and two free those are my two favorites to like race um and two that i think i have like the best chance for i don't necessarily have enough speed for a hundred free um and the 400 is just a little bit too long for me. Can't swim breaststroke or backstroke, really. So, yeah, I think – and the two fly is always over there. But, yeah, I think I would love to make it in the 100 fly or two free. Those are kind of my two favorites to race. So, uh,
1: let, let me uh, ask you this. When you're in your best form, when, you, when you're feeling great, what kind of mental state are you in? What are you feeling behind the blocks? What, what's going on through your head? As you're about to perform at your best
0: yeah I think like for me to be at my best I am not really in like a race zone mode I'm just like pumped to be there excited not really focusing too hard on like my race yeah. I feel like I'm <gasps> or I would rather be more excited to like see what I can do kind of um I think behind the blocks I'm not like all right I must do this or I am this it's like no this is really chill like I get to go do this race this is gonna be fun um that's something that's really important to me behind the blocks which maybe is different than others who I don't know I feel like if I went up there and I was like I must win or I must do this it just wouldn't that's too much that's too much going on there
1: yeah so it's it's almost like you're just completely relaxed in the situation
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i don't really like to think about my race until i'm like on the block like i would rather run up to the block and get on and dive in than like sit there and like get in the zone you know
1: but there's there's points in in races where it's like you know, they make you get to the ready room early and you have to kind of sit there. So is that, is that painful for you to kind of get there early and have to go through that?
0: Uh, I think I've like learned ways to manage that. Like listening to music is something that like, I love to do not just like behind the blocks, but like around the house in the car. That's like one of my favorite things. I love like music and finding new music. So Mm. that's something that, that's a tool that I use before races. Like coming up with like cool playlists or like scrolling through my Spotify and I'm like, Oh, that's a nice one. Or like, mm. um, sometimes if I have a friend in the ready room, like, and they also like to like chat a little chat with them, mm-hmm. but you don't want to take them out of their race plan. So yeah. yeah, I think just like finding different things and Yeah.
1: Well, let me finish on this. Um, Jack Roach sent me a message today after he knew that you were gonna we were gonna talk today, and he just said, "You're the best." You know. So, what? What? How's your relationship with Jack? How did that develop over the years?
0: Yeah, I love Jack. Um, I got to know him like pretty decently well in Dubai at Junior Worlds in 2013. Mm-hmm. That was my like first big junior team trip, um, and I got like pretty sick there. So Jack was like always like making sure I was okay and like kind of helping me out through that. Um and ever since then like he he's been someone that I've always gone to when I'm having something having a hard time with the sport, having a good time good time with the sport. Jack's like always been there for me and yeah. you know when I was choosing making my college decision, Jack was always there to support me and help mm. talk things through with me. Um when I was going through my neck issues, he was texting and calling me and my parents and being like how can I support what can I do Mm. how can I help you know he's always been there for me every step of the way and my first big national team trip he was there to support and you know there's just there aren't that many people like that that through the good and bad and I don't see him on a day-to-day basis but I know he's always there Um, yeah so Jack's awesome he's very special and I'm really grateful for him and you know, he's just, like, someone that I want to, like, I aspire to be like and mm. someone I like to be around. And, you know, it's cool how many people in the swimming world you'll talk to that, like, have that same impression of Jack, that he's just, like, an amazing guy. And, yeah, so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love Jack, too. So I'm, I'm glad we could leave it at that. But, listen, yeah. um, really appreciate your being vulnerable today and opening up and talking about some – some of the the challenges that you face, but also the exciting um, parts of the future. And and listen, good luck uh, for you. the for the ISL. I'm sorry I can't be there I with know, you this time. I miss
0: you out there.
1: I know I'm bummed, but um, <laughs> but no, yeah, like- I'll, I'll be cheering for sure. I can't wait to watch you race. So um, <laughs> loved it last year. So listen, thanks again. I appreciate you taking the time to do this.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you.
1: All right, take care, Katie. Bye.